From the great American Pacific Northwest, greetings and welcome, my friends, to this week's edition of the Parachronical Almanac. I'm Jonathan Hawk. This week, we'll hear about the desire to hold congressional hearings around the UAP UFO phenomenon and the recent report that shed light on what the U.S. government does and doesn't know about the source of these crafts and these events that are occurring and what they are. Speaking of UFOs, what does the American public believe about aliens? Well... We have a story on that, too. And songbirds around North America are dying of a mystery illness at an alarming rate. We'll learn more about that. And is the Chinese Communist Party, and more importantly, the Chinese military, gathering genetic data from pregnant women around the world? Quite possibly. And there's a story about that, too. All of that and more is coming right up. Now, before we get to the news, don't forget to like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our show. You can also follow us on Twitter at ParaChronicleX and on Facebook at the ParaChronicle Almanac. We post news throughout the week, so follow us to stay on top of the latest. And we're always looking for stories from you, paranormal or otherwise. So give us a call on the ParaChronicle hotline at 818-570-0126 if you'd like your story featured on a few future episode. That's 818-570-0126. Save it to your contacts because you'll never know when you're going to need it. Or you can always email at hawk at theparachronicle.com. That's H-A-W-K-E at theparachronicle.com. And on that note, let's dive right in. Well, we start off this week with a story from Metro UK in which a U.S. lawmaker calls for UFO hearings amid the possibility they could be from China or Russia. A Democratic lawmaker has called on Congress to hold a series of hearings on reported UFO sightings after the U.S. released an intelligence report on the matter. Representative Andre Carson, who chairs the House Intelligence Subcommittee on Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation, said an investigation into UFOs is needed because the report was inconclusive on the origins of more than 140 cases. The report, unclassified last month, stated that Unidentified aerial phenomenon, otherwise known as UAP, as the Pentagon refers to UFOs now, could possibly be developed by U.S. adversaries like China or Russia and could pose a threat to national security. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday, Carson said that the possibility was especially reason for concern, saying, We don't want our adversaries to have a technological advantage over us in terms of what they can do with their capabilities, Carson said. He added that it is curious that many of these sightings have occurred around many of our military assets, our naval bases, and military installations. Carson said his hope was that we will have a series of hearings and possibly a public hearing in the very near near future, but did not give an exact date. The representative from Indiana pointed out that 80 of the nearly 150 UFO sightings were detected with some of the most advanced technology in the world. The report stated that almost all of the 144 UAP documented since 2004 are mysteries. However, the Office of Naval Intelligence's Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force described one of the objects as a large deflating balloon. 
Carson said that officials can't rule out something that's otherworldly, but noted that they were likely only a very small percentage of the sightings, if anything. The report stated that the UAP sightings near U.S. military bases may result from a collection of bias as a result of focused attention, greater numbers of latest generation sensors operating in those areas, unit expectations, and guidance to report anomalies. In summation, though, Carson said that it would be arrogant to say that there wasn't life out there, meaning out there in the universe. And from Deseret News, do extraterrestrials exist? Well, we don't need a government report to answer that. Polls show most people don't believe in UFOs, but they do think aliens exist out there in the universe. Perhaps no one should be surprised that the recently released government report on UFOs reached few firm conclusions other than to suggest that the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force that wrote it might do better if it had more money for, quote, research and development. Quote, give us more money could be the motto of any government agency or task force, especially at a time when dollars along the Potomac seem to flow from a tap. The public may have some conclusions of its own, however. One is that if the many pilots reporting unidentified objects are, in fact, seeing aliens from another planet, these are beings who clearly don't want to interact with us. All that zipping around like supersonic mosquitoes at a picnic doesn't seem to have much point to it. Also, we might be more inclined to believe if someone could capture a video that looked a little clearer than a prenatal ultrasound circa 1980. Which isn't to say Americans are completely cynical on the subject, nor is it to discount the human yearning for greater understanding among the endless sea of stars and planets that fill space. That yearning seems far deeper than our distrust of government bureaucracies. Science fiction writer Arthur C. Clarke is often and likely erroneously credited with, credited with saying, two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. One image captured by the Hubble telescope easy to find with a Google search, contains an estimated 265,000 galaxies, each one teasing us not only with what is visible, but with what is not. Countless planets orbiting stars. Is it possible to believe Earth alone has the right mix of temperature and elements to sustain life? If so, what does that mean? Conversely, if we accept the mathematical likelihood that life exists elsewhere, the questions are endless. They have captured minds for decades and likely much longer than that. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid wrote earlier this year in a New York Times op-ed about growing up in tiny searchlight Nevada. He wrote, People who live in rural America away from the light pollution of the major cities can gaze at the night sky and see the marvel of the Milky Way and a whole lot more, he said. In Searchlight, I spent many evenings in my youth lying on an old mattress gazing up at the endless starry heavens. It was a rare night I didn't see a shooting star. The shimmering expanse filled my eyes and sparked my imagination. As Senate Majority Leader, Reed helped initiate and fund the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, otherwise known more popularly as ATIP, to investigate reports of UFOs. Quote, I have never intended to prove that life beyond Earth exists, he said, but if science proves that it does, I have no problem with that either. Because the more I learn, the more I realize that there's still so much 
I don't know. And that may be the pull that lures us relentlessly to follow strange lights in the sky. Public opinion has remained fairly consistent through the years on the existence of so-called flying saucers. People are generally speaking fairly skeptical. Back in 1938, after Orson Welles aired War of the Worlds on the radio depicting an invasion of space aliens, Gallup did a poll to determine how many people thought the broadcast was real rather than fiction. According to a book on the broadcast by Brad Schwartz, about 27% said they were extremely frightened by it. That compares favorably with a 2019 Gallup poll on UFOs, which 81 years later found only 33 saying some of the things seen by modern pilots were alien spacecraft and 60% saying they were either natural phenomenon or attributable to human activity. That's a higher degree of belief than was uncovered in a newly released poll conducted by Scott Rasmussen for the Deseret News and the Hinckley Institute of Politics, which found that only 22% of Utahns believe the sightings are of extraterrestrial life, with 57% saying there must be a logical explanation and the rest believing they have to do with some sort of top secret project. So are we non-believers? Do we really think we're alone amid all those flickering lights in endless space? Hardly. Gallup got a more profound result in 2019 when it asked whether people believed in life elsewhere in the universe, independent of UFOs on Earth. It found 75% saying yes, with 49% believing that life consists of, quote, people somewhat like ourselves somewhere out there in the universe. And hundreds of songbirds are dying from a mysterious illness that causes strange neurological behavior and experts have no idea why. This from Business Insider. Hundreds of songbirds across at least eight US states are dying from a mysterious illness with strange symptoms, but experts have no idea what's causing it. The US Geological Survey said on June 9th that sick and dying birds were being reported in several US states with neurological symptoms and some physical complications that include eye swelling and crusty discharge. Birds with these symptoms have now been reported in Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Washington, D.C., Pennsylvania, Delaware, West Virginia, Virginia, and Maryland. Allison Gillette, an ornithologist with the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, said a large variety of songbirds are dying from the unknown illness. Quote, we need to figure out what makes this disease be able to affect all these different species, she told Insider. And why is it in all these different states? The affected species include those that are typically seen in backyards. Common grackles, blue jays, European starlings, American robins, and cardinals, among others. Gillette said they realized something was going on when a local wildlife rehabilitation center in the state started taking in birds with the same combination of peculiar symptoms. The birds had eye swelling, crustiness, and discharge to the extent that it had hindered their ability to see. The birds were also disoriented and exhibiting unusual behaviors, including walking in strange ways and stumbling around. They had little control of their limbs and would do things like kick their legs up while on their backs. Quote, they would sway their heads in strange ways as if they didn't have any control over their head, Gillette said. People were reporting the birds seemed oddly unafraid of people, but Gillette said that they were likely just too blinded or too disoriented to react. She said the mortality rate of the illness appears high as most of the birds are dead shortly after they are reported to officials. There have been 280 confirmed bird deaths with these symptoms in Indiana alone, according to Gillette. 
Diagnostic labs are testing the bird specimens for viruses and bacteria and are conducting toxicology testing for chemicals. They have been able to rule out avian influenza and West Nile virus, but not much else. Quote, they haven't come to any conclusion. There are no definitive results right now, said Gillette. One possible factor being explored is the recent brood of cicadas throughout the eastern U.S. The emergence of the cicadas aligns with the timing and range of the bird illness. Gillette said there's a correlation there, but a link has not yet been established. In the meantime, officials in the impacted states are recommending citizens take down their bird feeders and bird baths, things that encourage birds to congregate. We want them to socially distance, Gillette said. Uh, we don't know enough, so we have to take the proper precautions. She also recommended reporting instances of birds displaying these symptoms to local wildlife authorities. Some states, like Kentucky and Indiana, have online wildlife disease reporting systems where citizens can upload photos or videos of the afflicted bird. Gillette said the illness is especially unfortunate given that birds in North America already face many threats, such as habitat loss, window collisions, and natural predators with inflated populations. A study published in the journal Science in 2019 found 3 billion birds have vanished from North America since 1970, and that even common species are experiencing declines. Quote, it's unfortunate there has to be another thing that is affecting their populations negatively, Gillette said. And I agree, that's that's uh, kind of scary that it's still not been discovered what is causing this. And I'd be curious for you listening out there, if you've seen any birds that have been afflicted with this mystery illness, let us know. We'd uh, like to hear from you. And finally this week, and we'll see how this story gets picked up by the, uh, well, what I like to call the lacking mainstream media apparatus. And if this doesn't become a big story spoken about around the world, well, I mean, it, it should be. Uh, from The Guardian, prenatal test developed with Chinese military stores gene data of millions of women. More than 8 million women globally have taken the BGI test, which the U.S. sees as a national security threat. A prenatal test taken by millions of pregnant women globally was developed by Chinese gene company BGI Group in collaboration with the Chinese military and is being used by the firm to collect genetic data, a Reuters review of publicly available documents has found. The report is the first to reveal that the company collaborated with the People's Liberation Army, otherwise known as the PLA, to develop and improve the test taken in early pregnancy, as well as the scope of BGI storage and analysis of the data. The United States sees BGI's efforts to collect and analyze human gene data as a national security threat. China's biggest genomics firm, BGI, began marketing the test abroad in 2013. Branded Nifty, it is among the world's top-selling non-invasive prenatal tests. These tests screen a sample of blood from a pregnant woman to detect abnormalities such as Down syndrome in a developing fetus. So far, more than 8 million women globally have taken BGI's prenatal tests, BGI has said. Nifty is sold in at least 52 countries, including Britain, Europe, Canada, Australia, Thailand, and India, but not in the United States. BGI uses leftover blood samples sent to its laboratory in Hong Kong and genetic data from the tests for population research, the company confirmed to Reuters. Reuters found the genetic data of over 500 women who took the test, including women in Europe and Asia, is also stored in the government-funded China National Gene Bank in Shenzhen, which BGI runs. 
Reuters found no evidence BGI violated privacy agreements or regulations. The company said it obtains signed consent and destroys overseas samples and data after five years. Quote, at no stage throughout the testing or research process does BGI have access to any identifiable personal data, the company said. However, the test's privacy policy says data collected can be shared when it is directly relevant to national security or national defense security in China. BGI said it has never been asked to provide, nor has provided, data from its nifty tests to Chinese authorities for national security or national defense purposes. The U.S. National Counterintelligence and Security Center, which has previously warned about Chinese firms collecting health data, said in response to Reuters' findings that women taking the nifty test abroad should be concerned by a privacy policy that allows data to be shared with Chinese security agencies. Quote, non-invasive prenatal test kits marketed by Chinese biotech firms serve an important medical function, but they can also provide another mechanism for the People's Republic of China and Chinese biotech companies to collect genetic and genomic data from around the globe, the center said. China's foreign ministry said Reuters' findings reflected groundless accusations and smears of U.S. agencies. Other companies selling such prenatal tests are also reusing data for research. But none operate on the scale of BGI, scientists and ethicists say, or have BGI's links to a government or its track record with a national military. BGI began working with the Chinese military hospitals to study the genomes of fetuses in 2010 and has published over a dozen joint studies with PLA researchers to trial and improve its prenatal tests, the Reuters review of more than 100 public documents showed. The PLA General Hospital in Beijing and the third military medical university in Chongqing uh, ran clinical trials on the NIFTY test in 2011. They worked with BGI researchers to expand the genetic abnormalities the test screens for, papers published in 2019 and 2020 show. In one example, the PLA General Hospital worked with BGI on the first Chinese prenatal trial to screen for dwarfism, which BGI later brought to the market. Also, a BGI study published in 2018 used a military supercomputer to reanalyze nifty data and map the prevalence of viruses in Chinese women look for indicators of mental illness in them and single out Tibetan and Uyghur minorities to find links between their genes and their characteristics. As well as genetic information about the fetus and mother, the testing process captures personal information, such as the customer's country, weight, height, and medical history, according to BGI computer code reviewed by Reuters. The customer's names were not collected. Reuters spoke to a woman who took the test in 2020, a 32-year-old office administrator in Poland. She said that if she had known her data could be shared with the Chinese government or understood the extent of BGI's secondary research, she would have chosen a different test. Quote, I want to know what is happening with such sensitive data about me, such as my genome and that of my child, said the woman, Amelia, who asked to be identified only by her first name, which is probably a smart thing to do given what this story implies. I'm just saying. So what do you think? What do you think uh, BGI and the PLA and the military of China are planning to do with this data? Is it a simple matter of BGI and the military connections it has wanting to improve the test for better prenatal detection of certain issues? 
Or is it maybe something a little bit more nefarious as we've come to learn with many of the things that the Chinese Communist Party seems to be involved with, especially when you hear that this is being used on uh, individuals in Tibet and the Uyghur Muslim population in Western China? I don't know. Very interesting, and I hope this story gets picked up uh, globally by the mainstream media, just so that everybody's aware of what is going on. Well, that's it. That's all I've got for this week. Don't forget to reach out if you see something unusual in the sky or someplace else, or if you have an interesting story to tell. You can call our hotline at 818-570-0126 or find us at www.theparachronicle.com. Please like or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or pass this podcast on to spread the word about our little show here. And until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and know that here on Earth and in the universe, we are are not alone. For the Parachronicle Almanac, I'm Jonathan Hawke.